Hello and welcome to Horror Call Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we're bringing you something a little different this week. Yeah, it's a little different to uh, what we've done in the past. Yes, uh, are we, we are going to the 80s for this one, 1983, and we are discussing Chained Heat, which is a women in prison exploitation film. So, of course, from... I'd say around late 60s onwards, you had a, a big wave of exploitation films up until the 80s, would you say? Yeah, there were d- lots of different types of exploitation film. Um, you know, the, the, the famous one is black exploitation or non-sploitation, ozploitation. Uh, essentially taking... Uh, it's difficult to describe... Don't you think? It is, it is, considering, um, I mean, slasher films are exploitation, technically. Yeah, so it, it's taken a certain... It just goes to extreme levels, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it takes a certain thing. As... Amplifying of a certain part. Yeah, I think, and they're all extremely violent. You know, gratuitous nudity. That's that's the one thing they've all got in common is they all go to extreme levels with their content. Yeah, um, none of them really hold back, uh, and that's you know that they're outrageous. I'm sure many of them would have ended up on the video nasties list, and there would have been some exploitation films on there. I'm sure, um, and this film is absolutely no exception. Yeah, so just just a, a little Wikipedia um, synopsis of what an exploitation film is. An exploitation film is a film that attempts to succeed financially by exploiting current trends, niche genres, or lurid content. Exploitation films are generally low-quality B-movies. They sometimes attract critical attention and cult followings. Very good. I mean, in, in terms of what we've discussed on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Showgirls is absolutely an oh, exploitation yeah. film. Yeah, definitely. Um, famously, Quentin Tarantino described it as mm-hmm. such. Um, it's, it's not often big studios do exploitation no. films. It, it's B-movies and it, it's small, uh, fi- you know, low-budget yeah. uh, films, whereas Showgirls was a big-budget studio film. Yeah, and and this was directed by Paul Nicholas. Did he do many other exploitation movies? I don't believe he did. Um, usually, you get a a lot of directors do. Um, a lot of exploitation, don't you? Uh, a lot of the black exploitation yeah. directors went on and did more and more black exploitation. But Paul Nicholas. Um, he did the Naked Cage, which was another women in prison film um but he didn't do much to be fair um yeah this is probably his most famous film yeah well he made this on a 1250,000 budget yeah and it was a fairly successful film it it didn't it didn't make loads but it made its money back and a little bit more so yeah i i think in terms of Women in prison films, a lot of them feel very same-ish. Yeah. Um, it's very much the same um, plot, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Uh, the same characters. Um, so you had films like um, Caged Heat, 
Um, uh, the Big Bird Cage, didn't you? Yeah. Um, uh, Reform School White Girls. Uh, Reform School Girls. But the thing is that they're all very much uh, just ripping off Caged. And, and, and you know, Caged is one of my favourite films. Yeah, yeah, you really enjoyed Caged. Yeah, it, it, I did as well. It, it's it's a really fantastic film. From Was it from the 50s? Yeah, 1950. Yeah. Um, and it was part of the big... Four, I think it was the the best picture winners that year. Yeah, so it, it was nominated. Best picture nomination, should I say? Yeah, so it was nominated for a fair few Oscars. Um, I'd never heard of it. Yeah, but it, it was up against like All About Eve, Sunset Boulevard, and the other one that wasn't very memorable. Born yesterday. Born yesterday. That's the one. Yeah. So so we we watched it when we wanted to go through all the best actress nominations mm. for that year. And I'd never heard of Caged, and I managed to, to get hold of a DVD, and we watched it, and it was, it was, it yeah. was good. Well, for, was the, for the 1950s, I mean, the, thing, the reason it stood out so much for me is because it presented the sort of things you see on this. I mean, not so much on an extreme level, but still pretty out there for its time. And every woman in prison exploitation film I've seen since then have just been carbon copies of it it, fe- it feels like exactly the same plot uh, i mean reform school girls reform school girl, yeah. as yeah, a parody essentially a parody yeah, yeah. that, that did go for yeah that did go for cage specifically but even yeah. chained heat there's, yeah. there's so many connections i mean your plot line is innocent girl finds herself in prison um sometimes through no fault of her own uh she gets in with the wrong boyfriend usually or something to that extent uh, there's infighting between the, the prisoners, the guards and the wardens are corrupt. Um, there's that underlying uh, homoerotic tension throughout the whole thing. There's usually a warden that's quite uh, aggressively homosexual uh, in Caged. Obviously, it's a little more subtle. Yeah. But uh, essentially, it all ends in a riot against the wardens who uh, seem to be the bad guys in eventually. Um, and, yeah, that that's the plot that a lot of these follows. And Chained Heat follows exactly that plot. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you're asking yourselves, why are horror court trash ever covering Chained Heat? Because this is very much trash. It's entertaining trash. It's not sort of trash where you'd be stuck between giving it one star or ten star, like The Room or something like that. This is more trash where you could watch it as... A film and enjoy it still, but it's it is it's trash. At the end of the day, there's no denying that it's trashy. And the majority of women in prison films are trashy, and we'll go through the aspects of that and and how a lot of it is quite iffy. I don't think you'd get a film like this now. Oh no, of course not. Absolutely. The closest not. you'd get is uh, Orange Is the New Black. Yes. But that, I mean, I watched Orange is the New Black, and that, that takes a completely different spin on it. Yeah. Completely yeah. yeah, I different. watched the first, I watched the first two, I think, of the seasons of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think what makes Chained Heat stand out from the crowd is that cast. Yeah. I mean, these are B-movie legends. You've got Linda Blair, Tamara Dobson, Stella Stevens, Henry Silver, Sybil Danning... Uh, John Vernon, you know, that is B-movie heaven casting. Yeah. And it's very much a cult film. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I do think in part because of that cast. Yeah, 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, if it didn't have that cast in it, it, it no one would have turned a blind eye on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love... Um, now, I got his name wrong when we talked about Silence of the Lambs. Jonathan Demme. Mm. And I, I love his films, but he started off doing Roger Corman films. Yeah. And he did Caged Heat. And I just, I thought Caged Heat was really quite boring. Nothing oh. made it stand out. It's essentially a very similar plot. Um, yeah, I was quite disappointed with Caged Heat. Whereas with Chained Heat, you know, there's stuff that makes it stand out. And for me, it's, it's the cast, obviously. So, um, starting off with some trivia, we're going to start with some Linda Blair trivia. I mean, you know, unless you've never ever heard of the horror genre, you know, I'm sure you would have heard of Linda Blair, star of the biggest horror film of all time, The Exorcist. And uh, she she took this role and some of her similar roles around this time because she didn't want to be typecast for The Exorcist as a young girl that's a victim. Um, I mean, she was in uh, Summer of Fear prior to this, and I think she was very much a victim in yeah. that as well. You yeah. know, Hell she, she she was essentially going to be typecast as you know that final girl. Well, I mean, obviously she wasn't. I don't think she is in The Exorcist. I don't know, but obviously she was very young in that. But it would have been easy to typecast her as that lead girl in a horror film that ends up being a victim, ends up being the final girl. She wanted to go against that, but technically. It still happened, didn't it? Let's face it. Well, she, she's a B-movie queen. Well, yeah. Hell Knight was before this film. Was it before this? Yeah, two years before. Okay. And Hell Knight was 81, if, if I remember Ah, correctly. so that would make sense why she... Yeah, yeah so I, I think her career was very much like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. In the fact that she'd done a ho- big horror film. She played the victim. She did a few more horror films where she was the victim... She was scared of getting typecast, whereas I believe Jamie Lee Curtis did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so she decided to break away. And, and the joke from Scream is, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis didn't show her tits till she went legit. Mm-hmm. And she did that in Trading Places, which was a big comedy film, you know. Mm-hmm. Linda Blair does it in Chained Heat. <laughs> <laughs> and I love legit. her for it. I love her for it. But this was her adult roles, you know, and she does nudity in this. Um, I think it works much better in Savage Streets. Yeah. I would highly recommend Savage Streets. And if we do a podcast, I would love to do a podcast mm-hmm. episode on it. We, we could do a whole podcast yeah, series on Linda Blair films. Oh, yeah. Because she is the B-movie queen. She, yeah. Uh, she's been in loads of classics. Well, I say classic, <laughs> um, but cult B movie films. Um, mostly they're remembered only because she's in them. But she's a legend. I I think she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, she said the final script for this film was not the one she initially signed up for. There was loads of changes made after she signed up for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Stella Stevens, she fell down some stairs for real while shooting the film. Oh, did she? Yeah. I thought she fell at... There's a scene in the film where she's running outside and the poor love, she she falls over and it looks like she falls into a uh, puddle. I, I, don't, I think those were stairs she was running down, weren't they? 
No, there were stairs. The stairs is when she's chasing Linda Blair. Oh, okay. Stairs. Well, she probably fell over oh twice. Oh my god, then. that was a that was a harsh fall. Yeah, bloody hell. Uh, this is Tamara Dobson's last role, and uh, she did all of her own makeup and wardrobe for it, and so did uh, Jennifer Bimley as well. Who was Jennifer Bimley? Was that Val? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, Jennifer Ashley. That's just my awful handwriting. Oh my god, <laughs> Jennifer Ashley. I think that was Val. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tamara Dobson. Oh, I, we'll get on to more about Tamara Dobson. Well, this film has a lot of sequels, and I'd just like to read out the names of them. Okay. So it's followed by Chained Heat Two, nice and simple. Then Hal Mountain, Dark Confessions, Slave Lovers, Rage of the Innocents, White Slave Lovers, Forbidden Rage, The Final Victim, Medieval Flesh Pots, my personal favourite. Hot Wenches, White Slave Virgins, Lesbian Flesh Pots, and Lesbian Slave Desires. I think it just turns into porn by the end, doesn't it? Um, maybe. It, so- it sounds like it just turns into pornography. Uh, we should have done a whole episode on. on. We should have done a whole episode on the franchise. You should have. But it sounds like they just slap on the Chained Heat name. Uh, onto some sort of porn film. Yeah, I think White <laughs> Slave sequel. I think White Slave Virgins had the highest rating out of all of them. Okay. Even higher than this. So getting into it, the plot of this film is young Carol Henderson ends up in a pr- in a prison where she must learn how to survive in an environment plagued by violence, murder, rape, racism, drugs, staff corruption, and brutality. And the plot pretty much just tells you the entire film. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's by by the books. Uh women in prison film plot and we start with a very sad looking blonde girl in prison whilst a prison guard is jangling his keys and he's a little pervy isn't he he's very fucking pervy <laughs> yeah I've got him down as rapey guard throughout this whole thing yeah well he is by the end of it yeah, yeah. He's, he makes it clear he's there to fuck her and she pulls a gun out on him uh, but before she could do anything another prison guard shoots her and they find out that her gun was actually a toy yeah, he says, I don't know why scum like you make such a big deal about a fuck. And, yeah, so she ends up, I mean, yeah, the still a terrible series of the film. Yeah, pretty much. The pre-credit sequence is that she ends up getting shot yeah. a few times by the shotgun. And, yeah, it turns out she didn't even have a real gun. It was a toy gun. Yeah, I mean, which is a great start. Sure it's that, great, yeah, it's I'm a sure great introduction. Uh, I think it's a really good introduction to let you know the type of... Uh, in case you, you know, didn't know what you were going into. And let you know what type of prison we're going to be in for the rest of the film. And then we get... One of the things that actually earned this film half a star from me. Uh, the soundtrack. Which is, like, really synth-heavy 80s. Really, really, really good soundtrack. Probably better than this film deserved. But <laughs> yeah. it, it is really fucking good. Yeah, it, work, it works quite well, yeah. actually. We get yeah. the opening credits... And then we are introduced to Linda Blair's character, Carol. And she's going to prison for killing a man. Yeah, so we're in the back of a police van taking him to prison. And she's talking to Val, isn't she? And she it's, is. It's her first time in, in prison. She's a prison virgin. And uh, now, from all the other films I've watched, you're not meant to ask this question. All the other prison films that I've seen, you're not meant to ask somebody why no. they're in. But she's asked and she tells us straight yeah. away uh, that she killed a man uh, in a car. Uh, 
Um, it wasn't her fault, she says. Yeah, that's never really touched on again. No. I was expecting this to be really explored in depth. It like. never is in women in prison films, though, and that's... Uh, I've, that's uh, I don't know what it's meant to say. Uh, but all these women, the innocent ones that come in, are innocent because, you know, they their boyfriend was bad news and they got taken down mm-hmm. with him. Or, um, like, in this case, I'm assuming... Assu- what my assumption is that she was probably drunk behind the wheel, hit a man, killed him, but she's only getting 18 months. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the writers really looked into actual crimes and actual prison times or anything like that. No. <laughs> They're just like, okay, big actresses, tits, bit of violence, there we go. Yeah, yeah. So, but the whole idea is that, you know... Linda Blair or Carol is the name of her character. Carol is the innocent one coming into the prison and it wasn't her fault and she got caught up in something that wasn't hers, you know? Mm-hmm. And therefore, in these women in prison films, very much so in the horror genre, is that these innocent virgins, really, mm-hmm. she's a prison virgin in, you know, slasher films, it's... Um, an actual virgin. Um, these women are, are meant to be our protagonists because they're more relatable, because they're not prostitutes, Lord forbid, or they're not <laughs> drug addicts, Lord forbid, you know. Um, and these are the ones that we root for and, and these are the ones that are going to change things up. Yes. Because they're pure women. Yeah, and the 80s <laughs> is a strange time. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely changed now. But back then, it, it is strange that you know <laughs> they had the films overrunning with people having sex all the time, and then you have your one person who's a virgin who, who you're meant to root for. It's like it, it leaves you very limited for people to root for, doesn't it? Yeah, I it's that old double standard, isn't it? You know, men can go around and shag whoever they like whenever they like, and they're. Bachelors or playboys, mm. um, but if a woman does it, she's a slut. Yeah, and she's, oh, I don't know what the kids are calling it now. Um, she's with the streets or she's on the streets. What or the something. fuck are you talking? I about? saw it the other day. Some, <laughs> something to do with, uh, leave her in the streets or something like that. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone under. Our age is going to be listening to this podcast anyway, so <laughs> I don't think it really matters. Maybe. But um, <laughs> look, I can't see an 18-year-old be like, oh, do you know what? I want to listen to something about Chained Heat. <laughs> you never know. I watched this when I was 18. And those are different times. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, yeah, she's told to stick with Val and Val will look after her. And then she gets the game to the prison and Sybil Dannon's there smoking and she's watching some drug dealing, isn't she? Yeah, so what you get is that the gang of the naughty girls are three blondes, essentially. Yeah. Um, led by Sybil Danning. Led by Sybil Danning. He loves a cigar and loves to give people dirty looks. Sybil Danning is star of one of the greatest horror sequels of all time. <laughs> Well, Sybil Danning, she's a B-movie legend in herself. Yeah, we, uh, we need to discuss The Howling 2 one day on here. Yes, That's all I'm we saying. do. Um, but yeah, Sybil Danning, uh, I, if I remember correctly, she was... 
she won a Razzie for Worst Supporting Actress for this film. Oh, did she? That's not fair. Yeah, and Linda Blair was nominated for Worst Actress. Well, Linda Blair, Sybil Danning and, uh, and Tamara Dobson are the best things about this film. Yes, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not Oscar-worthy performances, but, I mean, compared to everybody else, they're, they're definitely standouts. <laughs> yeah. So, so essentially... Well, I'm saying it's watching it for the wrong reasons. I mean, I'm watching it for, uh, you know, high camp, so... Yeah, yeah. And, in, and in that's that league. what these films are. They're, they're a high camp. High camp. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some drug dealing going on. Uh, there's a punk dancing. And, and the only time, whenever she's on screen, she's dancing. She is on screen a lot, but it's the only thing she does. Um, whilst the silver girl is throwing up. Yeah. And we're introduced to bubbles. As in champagne. Yeah. <laughs> As she introduces herself. She's a nymphomaniac, apparently, because she steals things. Kleptomaniac. Yeah, that's the joke in the film, Chris. Oh. Were you, were you watching this? <laughs> I went over my head. Yes, she said she was a nymphomaniac, and she explained she steals things, and they're like, wait, don't you mean a kleptomaniac? There we go. We did a reenactment for you. Yeah, so she steals TVs. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then that leads to, on the other side of the room, two women arguing over who was the hunkiest soap <laughs> actor. And then that ends up with a knife being pulled... Because somebody doesn't think that this person's the hunkiest guy on TV. Yeah, one of the girls calls the other a beam pole. A beam pole. <laughs> beam pole. Uh, they're led away, aren't they? Yeah, and then we are introduced to a girl stripping in an office with the warden. Uh, now, what did you have his name written down as during this? Backman. Oh, okay. Warden Backman. Because I swear he says calling Ernie. Yeah, his first name's oh, okay, Ernie. Okay, cool. I got yeah. down as Ernie. Yeah, she calls him Ernie, mm. um, but he's Warden Backman. Yeah, because I got to a point where no one called him Ernie, and I was like, was I imagining that? Yeah. <laughs> so um, this interwines with some shots of uh, Sybil's gang. Um, they're making a blade. Yes. Yeah, and lots of blades in this film being made. Yeah. So the the girl uh, who who is Debbie, she gets into uh, a hot tub. With Ernie, and he's there filming her with his CCTV camera in his hand, uh, pulled off his wall by the looks of it. Um, Sybil's girls are confronted by two other girls, and this is when we were introduced to uh, Duchess. Yeah, so Duchess is played by Tamara Dobson, uh, the fantastic Tamara Dobson. I think she's, I, I genuinely think she's great in this film. Oh, she is. <laughs> she's the most quotable. Yeah. By by far. Um, she looks great. I think she looks fantastic. <laughs> obviously obviously she's like she's not wearing dresses and shit, but I think she looks great. And she's for me, she's definitely the highlight of this film. I think she only died in two thousand and six. So I don't really know why this was her last film. You don't know why this was her last film? No. <laughs> I'm surprised anyone had a career after this. Because, I mean, they all had great roles, but, I mean, there was Razzie nominations, and it's not exactly... I mean, a lot of people seen it. It made money. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think she, you know, lost her career because of this film. Well, I mean, what I mean by that is... It got sequels. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know. But what I mean by that is, if she had any other roles, it would have been in more films similar to this, wouldn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, but she was famous for uh, the black exploitation film Cleopatra Jones. Was she? Yeah. Yeah, she was. She was um, 
it was very much um, her and Pam Greer. Well, I take that back because I assumed that she would have been a bigger actress. Yeah. No. I genuinely thought from her and Ness, she put me in the mind of someone who would have been a bigger actress and gone into something like this and that's what would have been a big deal. Oh, a bit a bit like, yeah, yeah. Like at the time, a lot of sort of former yeah. uh, big names were getting into horror and um, exploitation cinema. But no, she she actually didn't do many films. Wow, that shocked me because I because the amount of effort she was putting into hers, she was really going for it. I thought, yeah, well, yeah I assumed she'd have been a bigger but actress. She, she's most famous for for Cleopatra Jones. So yeah, yeah. so uh, Sybil tries bargaining with her, doesn't she? Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh and Debbie, she uh she starts having a bit of a gossip with Ernie. She's uh giving him some inside information. Yeah, and what I I think what I'm assuming is that she was given information on the girls that were selling drugs. Yeah. Because he was annoyed because he wanted to sell his own drugs. Yeah. Is that that's what I got from from that. When she leaves his office, she hears snitch, 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 and then she, uh, <laughs> something that was definitely stolen in your next, uh, she runs into wire that slits her throat. Yeah, she does. That was, your next definitely stole that from this what film. I what I don't get, I think it's been done in, in lots of films, um, but what I don't get is that we've got the, the blonde birds and they're sharpening a knife. Yeah. And then she dies by running into some barbed wire and it's slitting her throat. And we're like, then why do we need to establish that they were sharp creating a knife if they don't actually use the knife? Um, yeah, and this is in what, throughout the film, they call it the tombs. Um, but it's, it's kind of like the boiler room. Yeah, part. it looks like a boiler room. Um, it, it's, it's never manned by anyone. There's never any guards there yeah um but a lot happens in these tombs throughout the film uh, another fight breaks out in the cell um where the waiting cell a transvestite gets uh gets the wig snatched yeah this is a little uncomfortable yeah it, it, this was where you can see they were trying a little too hard with the exploitation well it's yeah it was meant to be played for comedy so the mm. I- idea is Somebody drops a cigarette on the floor and all these girls run over to get it. The person who grabs it is, is somebody who's, who's quite clearly a, a transvestite. And uh, this woman's trying to get the uh, cigarette off of, off of him. Um, and she's they're sort of wrestling and she, her hand falls onto his crotch. Mm. And she realises it's a guy. Uh, rips his wig off and then just starts sort of hitting him whilst he's crying. Yeah, and Linda Blair stands up for him. Yeah, she does, actually. The punk is still dancing in the background. It's weird <laughs> that she would... Well, I don't know. It's being played for laughs, I'm assuming. So it's weird that she would stick up for him. So I don't know if we were meant to feel sorry for him. I think we were. I yeah. think we were. I mean, you don't see him again. Um, no. But... But you I think yeah, this, you don't see what happens to him at I all. I think this is also there to show that Linda Blair's a good character. Yeah. Um, playing a good character, should I say. And uh, Ernie, is, in another scene, Ernie is fuming about the snitch's death. Best bit of ass he ever had in there. <laughs> he goes, poor little girl, best piece of ass I had in here. 
Taylor, Taylor thinks that Loka murdered her. Yeah, no, we never meet this Loka. No. And um, she's... So Loka is part of the uh, Latino uh, group or the, the sort of Hispanic um, people there. Yeah. Her, uh, which her, we never actually see. Apparently her and Debbie were lovers. Them. Yeah, apparently her and Debbie were lovers. Apparently. This goes. This goes nowhere. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it gives you a little insight into Taylor's views on race and ethnicity. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's, you know, that's, if there's one thing it does right, there's um obviously one thing it does wrong is that there are scenes of obviously racism and stuff. But by the time it gets to the third act, it, it shows you everybody uniting together, and it's like. I didn't see that coming. Like, it, it, I felt like it said something, uh, trying to say something there about racism. Yeah, yeah, because D- Duchess is a, a positive character. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and that's the and thing. Carol are sort of the, the, the ones um, that fight for what's right. Yeah, I mean, you got this, obviously, this uh, sort of race war that's set up uh, between Duchess and Sybil Danning, but at, at the same time... You you're definitely pointed more towards liking Duchess. Which yeah, I I honestly that that surprised me that it really did considering the time it was made. Yeah, but there's quite a few. I mean, exploitation cinema in general. Um, there's quite a few sort of crossovers and search. Mm. Um, I, I mean, obviously this doesn't go anywhere near being a black exploitation film. No, no. Um, but it's something that other women in prison films didn't really touch on. Mm. I mean, obviously we watched Caged, which was a great film, but it never touched on, on race no. at all. Um, Reform School Girls never touched on race in that sense, did it? No, never. No. Um, so it, it sort of... This and, and you had uh, Black Mama, White Mama as well, which mm. touched on whites and and. and uh, blacks uh, within the exploitation yeah. realm uh, and that relationship. Well, before we uh, go back to the, the race side of things, we get a short scene of uh, Linda Blair looking in the mirror and she's told, take a long look, honey. By the time you get out of here, you won't look the same. I'm actually doing In fairness, we don't actually see her leave, so who no, knows what she looks no. like when she leaves. No, I mean, she, she did still look the same, though, by the end of the film. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and we got we get a new girl that's, um, I believe her name was Brenda. Brenda, yeah. Yes. She's, she's being taken to her cells, and they, uh, they tried putting her in a block full of racist girls. Um, Spider, who is uh, a very tall ginger girl. Who, who I didn't know well, her name until really. a woman. She's in the 50s. Yeah, she, she, uh, she is definitely one of the older ladies in there. Uh, she, she doesn't want no black pussy in her block, apparently. Yeah, she, this is a clean block. Yeah. So we get where this is going. Yeah, and she, uh, she has her own specific weapon. She has a toothbrush with a blade on it. Yeah, it looks like one of those... Eyebrow razors. It does. Yeah. But yeah. I think it is just a toothbrush with a blade put on it. Yeah, so she starts slashing uh, Brenda and kills her. Yeah, so she slashes her, but all the girls gang up yeah. on her. Yeah. So the the, war, the guard, or warden, or, no, guard, I think. Yeah. The guard can't get involved because they've all ganged up on her. She's slashed all over. They're kicking and hitting her. Uh, and then it gets broken up. 
Yeah. Uh, Carol sees this spider get rid of the weapon. Mm-hmm. So Carol and Val and another girl who can't remember, um, they, they're just about to go on to that wing and uh, Carol sees spider getting rid of that weapon. And they're told all privileges are suspended indefinitely and we hear boo, bitch, bitch, boo. <laughs> what I don't understand is that this ward that they're on and that Brenda's about to be put on is individual cells. Yeah. And this is the last time we ever see individual cells like it's that. True. Like individual cells with bars. Um, for the rest of the film, and including Spider, all the girls are ever seen in one large room with lots of beds. Mm. Um, so, I don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, we we don't get to see um, Block 4 again, do we? No, we don't, no. So, uh, Linda Blair is taken to her room. I'm going to start calling by a character's name. Carol is taken to her Carol. room, and... Uh, and Val is, explains to everyone that she just wants to protect her because as soon as they walk in, Sybil's like, oh, two new dolls to play with. Yeah, so, the, the, the yeah, the blondes come over and you can tell straight away this Erica is um, very predatory. Yeah. Um, and she's got her eye on Carol. This, this is an iffy um, part of women in prison films is there's always that... Um, very uh, a sexually aggressive homosexual character, yeah. um, and it, it it's pretty much in all of them. If if it's um, not the warden, then it's an inmate, or it's both <laughs> in some mm-hmm. of them, um, and that is that you know obviously this is a, you know what nineteen eighty three. Or, or older, um, and this is why I, I say that this kind of film wouldn't be made now. You look at something like Orange is the New Black, mm-hmm. you had many <clears throat> lesbian characters. Yeah. Um, but that sort of sexually aggressive mm. lesbian character didn't really appear in that no. film. Um, whereas in these films, which predominantly were written and directed by straight white men. Yeah. <laughs> um, not lesbian women. Um, they have these uh, very sexually aggressive... Yeah, they, they had it in my... Lesbian the, characters. The people that made this are essentially the same people as targeted towards... Let's face it, I mean, it, it's not really going to be a lesbian storyline in this film that's played for romance, is there? No, and, and that's... It's kind of the irony of these films yeah. is that what's meant to be softcore titillating to a to a, stri- uh, to a straight male audience actually becomes camp fun for a gay audience. Yeah. And yeah. then we're sort of the ones that carry on the legacy and carry on the court status of these films. Yeah. It's very, very true. And, and that works for so many, so many films, even outside of exploitation, it's... Oh, you look at Showgirls. Yeah. Showgirls wasn't made for us. Yeah. I don't, I don't think for a single second Paul Verhoeven made Showgirls for a gay no. audience. Not at all. But yet, that's the one he's got now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Sybil Danning tells, uh, tells Linda to wise up 
It's not a matter of uh, of what you know, but who you know. And she uh, she gives her a bit of a forced kiss, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. So uh, after this, we are introduced to Taylor and Lester. Taylor is a guard, and what is Lester? What is his job there? What, I have absolutely. What is he? He's just no there. No idea. I thought that he was a doctor, and then it turns out he's not the doctor. Yeah. He's just some guy that sort of hangs around. Um, yeah. Well, he's Captain Taylor's boyfriend, but surely that doesn't give him the right to just be hanging no, around in prison. No. But um, they're they're planning something. They're soon joined by uh, Erica, who uh, gives four grand to um, to Taylor. Well, no, she gave it to Lester. And, yes. Uh, after her cut. Yeah. As soon as uh, as soon as Taylor leaves the room, Lester and Erica are snogging. They are. And it's at this point where it's like fucking out. How much is going on in this prison? <laughs> like it is just overkill. Something's going on with everybody constantly. Um, <laughs> we get a really great line of dialogue after this, don't we? When Taylor uh, goes into the other room. Oh, yeah, Erica <laughs> says, one day I'm going to kill that bitch. And no, no, no. Oh. A question about what brings her, uh, what brings another character so far up north. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. So this is, this is after. So they, they cut to um, Taylor in... Um, Warden Buckman's yeah. office with Duchess and Taylor asks Duchess what brings you this far north <laughs> and Duchess says I got tired of fucking your mama <laughs> I'm sorry I said it like that but that is only one way of saying your mama <laughs> yeah uh, uh, <laughs> I, the dialogue is fucking incredible um when when it's at moments like that, and like you said, it is Duchess who's the most quotable. She is. Um, she wants to know why Brenda was transferred to Block D, and uh, was it Block Four, or Block D? I don't know. No, whatever. Wherever she was. Fourteen. And uh, Taylor is told to get the situation under control. Yes, Duchess says five honkies jumped that girl. More than five, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, but yes, so. Uh, Backman, I don't know. Backman just seems to not care. No, <laughs> really, it's like Ta- <laughs> I think he just doesn't like Taylor, and he's using any old excuse to get at her. Mm-hmm. But I generally think he doesn't give a fuck about any of no. them anyway. All he cares is about shagging one in his jacuzzi. Every yeah, so often making sex tapes and getting some money from the drugs he's selling. So uh, after this, we get a mandatory women in prison exploitation film shower scene. It's shower time. Um, one girl's fingering herself, pretty much. Another girl starts going down on her. Yeah. In the middle of the shower. Yeah. So these, that happens. <laughs> so these two, um, I'm assuming these are the uh, lesbian couple in the, in the film. Uh, they're getting it on in the shower. Quite graphic, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is. It's definitely 1983. <laughs> um. <laughs> you imagine going to the cinema these days and seeing a film like this. I know, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it's very... <laughs> it's very 1980. <laughs> there were no bi- bikini waxes back then. I mean, just... let's, let's face it, a lot of people nowadays, if you say women in prison, they're either going to think orange is the new black if they're around our age, or if they're a little older, they'll be like, oh, bad girls... 
<laughs> like, imagine uh, someone like, oh, I used to love Bad Girls. This looks good. Let's go to the cinema. Oh, she's fingering herself. Yeah. Oh, my God, <laughs> I love Bad Girls. I, I don't know if it, it made its way over to America or anywhere else. Uh, but for everyone listening to the UK, I, I really hope you remember Bad Girls. Cause I absolutely <laughs> loved that show. Oh, that was so good. That was a women in prison uh, TV series. Um, very much like Prisoner Cell Block H, but um, very British as well. No uh, no shower fingering in that, no? No, no. It <laughs> used to be, I think it was a double bill. It was used to be bad girls and footballers' wives. <laughs> so, <laughs> on that segue, um, Linda Blair gets her tits out. She does. So, uh, yeah, so Linda Blair... The shocking moment where the girl from the Exodus gets her boobs out. Yeah, yeah. So I think this was a big selling point for the film. Yeah, this is uh, where the money that it made came from. Pot- potentially. <laughs> um, which is, you know... Um, I don't know. It's It's got its camp value, but also is a bit now, looking back. Like, are you, are you going to market your film on... Someone getting their boobs out. Yeah, and especially someone that was famous for being a child star as well. Yeah. It's a little iffy. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, you can show whatever you like, whenever you like. I've got no issues with that. I just, I find this is a little tangent, but I think this is maybe a story for another a podcast. But essentially, I, I don't get how... You know, you can watch these incredibly violent films. Um, people getting their heads chopped off, arms chopped off, all these things happening, mm. you know, and all that. But Lord forbid you see, you know, a bit of genitalia every so yeah. often. Like, oh, my God. And like, oh, there's a sex scene. Oh, my Lord. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I, you know, something like Hellraiser. Mm. An incredibly violent film, but also the sex scenes are very sexual, you yeah. know, full-on sex scenes. And so many people are more shocked by the bloody sex scene mm. than somebody being torn apart by bloody hooks. More shocked that you see a woolly than anything else. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway, as we were saying, um, Simple Dallin obviously joins her and starts being more predatory again. Uh, but Carol is asked to go and see Ernie from one predator to another. Yeah, she'll have a no look, Carol. No, he offers her a drink. Uh, he tells her to stay clean and he essentially asks her to be a snitch for him. Yeah, so essentially he's eyed her up to take Debbie's place. Yeah, pretty much. Was her name Debbie? It was yeah, Debbie, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And um, we learned that Carol was in school for interior design. Yeah. Which was really... It was really strange because he was like... <laughs> he was talking to her and he's like... Oh, isn't this beautiful, this office? <laughs> you would never believe it was in the middle of a prison. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's lovely. Oh, are you interested in interior design? <laughs> and then she's like, I went to school for interior design and starts crying and breaking down. I'm like... <laughs> Hopefully iffy, she gets iffy to continue. dialogue there. Hopefully she gets to continue that, uh, that education in the sequel. Hopefully. Yes, yeah, she does, yeah. She, so they take over the prison and they do it all up. <laughs> Uh, loads of scatter cushions. <laughs> so, um, after this, we get another lesbian scene. <laughs> a very... <laughs> this is your lesbian sex scene. This is your romantic sex scene. This is pure exploitation. Uh, and the, in the shower as well. But this one is just completely out of nowhere, really. Yeah. Um, 
so Erica can't sleep, so she's she's having one of her bloody is it a cigar or a cigarette? It's I, like I a don't know real, what it is. It's like a long thin cigar. So she's having one of them in bed, stare staring into you know nothing. Uh, the lights are on for some reason. Yeah, but specifically highlighting this couple that are having sex. <laughs> yeah. um, Carol can't sleep either. She's wide awake. And, yeah, so the couple from the shower start getting it on in bed as well. well. What made me laugh is how one of the partner couples just sat there naked the whole time, just sitting there, doing nothing. Whereas the other one was actually clothed at first. And she snuck over to her, and then but she was already ready for it. One thing... That made me laugh in this scene. Was the shit dirty talk? No, yeah, yeah, that as well. Yeah, it's really weird. They're just oh, like kiss my face! Rubbing each other and stuff. It's not sexy at all. I don't get how anyone can get off on this sort of thing. Um, what I don't get is that one of them has a full face of makeup. She does. And I, when I say full face of makeup, I mean full face of 80s makeup. And throughout the whole film, everyone's got a full face yeah. of slap, haven't they? Even in the fucking shower, she still had a fucking blue eyeshadow on. Bright blue eyeshadow. Because <laughs> it is 1983. Well, Carol's watching them have sex and she's so bored that she starts thinking about what to say to her parents. <laughs> she, she's kind of looking. And then we get a voiceover, which I'm assuming... It's in her head. It, yeah, it's in her head, but I'm assuming it's meant to be her sending a letter home. Yeah. Like, she's, um, she's trying to plan how to tell her parents that she's in prison. <laughs> because she's so uninterested by this couple having, like, really shit sex. <laughs> Not again. I had this shit in the shower earlier, for fuck's sake. Get a room. The rapey guard speaks to uh, Erica the next day, and he says, How about a date with you, Erica? And she says, I wouldn't let you lick my feet. <laughs> and he's like, I was only joking. <laughs> um, we get a girl that's drawn on a bed, and she's taken away. And uh, and Spider, she's not happy about this because Linda, Linda Blair tries standing up for uh, the drawing girl, but uh, Spider's not having this, so she uh, hits her. Well, the drawing girl's one half of the lesbian couple. Oh, was she? Yeah, I swear that was her best. Honestly, I'm not even going to lie. I got to one point where everyone looked the same and the names were hardly said, so I got so confused who was who. Names and stuff were quite confusing, to be fair. I didn't know Spider was Spider until like an hour in. Yeah. Um... But this this leads to a, an amazing scene, the best scene in the whole film. Um, yeah. So Carol's hit by Spider, and uh, and Erica, you know, has a word for her as well. Tells her she's told to keep out of things, and it pays to have friends. Yeah, and Duchess work, walks in, and what's she say? She's well. First of all, she well, no, you you go for the whole scene. Yeah. So Duchess walks in. And she's trying to defend Carol, but she's clearly got a problem with Erica. Erica turns <laughs> to walk away, and Duchess says, Don't you walk away from me, you chalk-faced whore. <laughs> Erica turns round with a knife in hand. Where do you want it? And Duchess says, Yard! Next exercise period. It's amazing. Yeah. It's high camp. It's... A, 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 an air, Bless her, Sybil Downing throughout the whole film. She's wearing this white top. <laughs> she, she ain't got no bra on, so her, her nipples are on full display <laughs> the whole time. And she's trying to act really serious. <laughs> yeah, she, she throws uh, 
She throws a knife at the wall. Uh, yeah, and it hits a no spitting sign. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and Duchess knees, uh, does she knee spider? Spider, yeah. So I, <laughs> to prove a point, she gives <laughs> spider a knee to the stomach. <laughs> so good. So high camp. I mean, Tamara, Tamara Dobson's, you know, it's her, um, what's the word I want? It's the way she says it. Yeah. It's, it's her line delivery. Yeah. Delivery. That should have been an easy word to remember. But it's the delivery of the lines from her that are so great in this film. <laughs> Yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, after this, we, we see where uh, the drawing girl goes. Uh, she gets raped by the rapey guard. In a very, like, it's so detailed. And it's like, it's really unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, because this is a women in prison sex exploitation film, um, it 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 feels really jarring. Yeah, because it's like, what are you? I, mean, I, I get it. The lesbian stuff, I get it. You know, obviously they're doing that for the the type of audience they're going for. Like, who? What's the? Who's the rape scene for? Yeah, exactly. You know, it, yeah. No one's gonna watch that for the right reasons, are they? You know? There's no. I mean, you can imply. I, I feel like, you you know, if you're going to make this point and make this guy, mm. you know, such a bad character, because you know these people are going to get their comeuppance in the end anyway. Mm. Um, but why... There's no need to be so detailed unless you're saying something about it. Mm. And... Um, spoiler alert, but Carol gets raped later in the film mm. as well. And that's played very much the same way. Yeah. And she seems to get over it so quick. Yeah. Because of the way the film is and the the way that the film has to be paced, mm. um, because that's not the emphasis of the film, it just feels like she has a good cry in the shower and then that's it. We'll get on to that later. Uh, yeah. But I, I feel it's it's just, just as bad in this scene where it's... I don't know. I don't want to say it's played to be kinky, but it feels so out of place mm. in this sort of film. It you know I, I do feel like these things need to be seen in films. You you know only if they're saying something about it. But they already set it up to so you know he's a rapist. Yeah. From, from the opening minutes. Exactly. From the opening minutes, so you didn't need this. Yeah. Yeah. They set it up in the, in the beginning. We all knew what he was about. Mm. We didn't have to see it. You know, in other films, you, you kind of... You don't have to have to see it, but it needs well, look to at, be look treated at revenge. differently. Look at Revenge. Um, I mean, that's, that's a modern, you know, exploitation film. And that is a rape-revenge film, and you don't see the rape. It's implied. Yeah. It's implied. You know it happened. It's still just as effective, if not more. Yeah. But you don't have to sit through that and watch that. No. It it really is. I think we've touched on it on the when podcast we did uh, before. Evil Dead, I think. Yeah. Um. But it really is the the most uncomfortable thing to mm. watch when you're you're watching a film that is isn't about that. Yeah. It's so out of place and it's so jarring. It's not nice. And if it is played for to be kinky or... Because she gets her top ripped off and, and everything. Yeah. 
and it, it it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and I think what makes it even worse is I mean, well, I mean I say it makes it worse. I'm glad it did this, but it it goes into another really fun high camp scene straight after. Yeah, which is good and bad. It's good that you know it, it takes you away from that horrific scene, but at the same time, is that really appropriate? I, I don't think it is. Uh, I, you know, have you ever seen The Accused? No. Uh, the Accused is... Uh, Jodie Foster won her first Oscar for The Accused. It was a film uh, in, in the late 80s. And the rape scene in that is extremely uncomfortable. But that's the point. Mm. And the whole film after that deals with her dealing with this yeah. moment. Yeah, you, you know... Yeah, it, it shouldn't be shown unless you've got the time to deal with the aftermath. Exactly. Uh, but in, in the next scene, Duchess and Sybil go head-to-head in the yard. Yard. <laughs> uh, the guards watch, and we get high kicks, we get knives, we get chains, we yeah. get everything. We get a little bit scrapping on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Erica uses the N-word. Yeah, this is when they, they make it clear that the race war's there. That's been set yeah. up by the guards. Um, Ernie breaks it up. Yeah, well, Captain Taylor seems to be enjoying it. Yeah. She allows it to continue until Ernie um, fires a gun and stops it. Mm-hmm. We get told by Duchess that, uh, that the, uh, that, uh, I think she was talking about Erica, that girl was set up to keep things spicy. Who is that about? Uh, that was about, um, oh, I want to call her Bernadette. The one that got cut up. Oh, Brenda. 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 Yes. So, uh, yeah. So we're in the laundry room. Um, Carol's folding some clothes, and Duchess comes over, and she wants to know if Carol knows who was involved in Brenda's now death mm-hmm. because she died. Um, Duchess explains that Captain Taylor enjoys pitting blacks against whites. To keep things spicy. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Carol snitches on Spider and tells Duchess that she was involved with uh, Brenda's death. Yes. And we find out that Erica has set up a surprise for Linda. Well, for, for Carol. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, so the guard, uh, the gu- the guard who looks very much like Spider, the ginger guard called Boots, and they look like the same person. Don't they? Yeah, I love it. They, yeah. I, I was getting so <laughs> yeah. confused between the two of them. But she, she lets uh, a bunch of the girls out and uh, they go to meet Lester outside with his limo. Yeah, they're all given nice dresses. Yeah, they're all given nice dresses. He's so slimy. It, and the guy who plays him does make it believable. Um, Henry Silva. Yeah. Um, you might not remember it. He was in... The, I know him from The Manchurian Candidate. Okay. Um, so he was involved in the karate scene with Frank Sinatra. So yeah, he would look very, scene. very, very different to what he does in this. He, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if he he was ill at the time. I don't think he, he lived long after this. Um, but he he looks very very old, in this film. Yeah, so it, they they all get which, in the limo. Which is why it looks so weird when he's making out with Sybil Danning. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, 
This oh, uh, Henry Silver's still alive. Is I'm he sorry. really? Yeah, oh, wow. Henry Silver's still alive. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Please ignore me. Wow. He was the best part of sixty when this film was out, though. To be fair. <laughs> and... So spider smoking on the toilet. Yeah, she's having a fag on the toilet. She sees someone at. She sees someone's feet at the door, and she uh, licks her toothbrush razor. Get it ready. She does. <laughs> yeah. She's ready to cut her toe off or something. <laughs> but she gets a hook to the neck and she's killed. Yeah, this is a bit of a weird. I don't know why a hook to the neck. Where are they getting this hook from? Yeah, that was a lot strange. So many weapons in this prison. <laughs> it's incredible. You have more weapons in there than I've got. They've got more knives than I've got in my fucking kitchen. Yeah. And I don't know where they got a hook from. I wouldn't even know where to get a fucking hook from, let alone in a bloody prison we, we go to Lester's party and uh, there's a bunch of girls in the hot tub um, everyone's naked and, except for Val who is dressed up in this amazing outfit and she does this striptease type show downstairs yeah. Yeah. for this pervy guy who's sniffing cocaine um, but she is absolutely serving it in this scene and Carol is upstairs with a creepy guy um, who is trying to get her to undress she tells him to undress while she goes to the bathroom. Uh, instead, she gets pushed onto the bed and she pulls a gun on him. Uh, he takes a bat from her and tells her to strip and Val comes in and knees him in the balls. Yeah, uh, I think it's very convenient that he's left his gun yeah, he... right on the dressing table. <laughs> very convenient. And this is so silly that the fact that, you know, I mean, come on, Carol, you've already killed someone. Could have just murdered, you just could have just shot him and you would have been out of this situation. Yeah, but then she would have gotten more than 18 months in prison, wouldn't she? Yeah. She shot someone. Um, but yeah, so the idea is that this Lester, we still don't know how he's involved with the prison. No. Itself. He's pimping these girls out, essentially. And Linda, being our innocent protagonist, mm-hmm. wants no part of it. No, and they're sent back to prison because Lester's not happy that uh, his friend got need in the balls. Yeah. Um, when when they're back in prison, Carol finds uh, Spider's corpse. Yes. And uh, well, well, the thing is, uh, Lester gives Carol a slap, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. And she's got a bruised face, so she's in the toilet, um, trying to take care of her bruised face, and she discovers Spider's body. Yeah. So she goes to tell Ernie, uh, and then this is this again. This is the scene that we touched on earlier. Um, he tries along with her. She tries to escape, and we get a, a rape scene. I think it's even more brutal than the uh, the first one. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, what makes the other one really bad is the fact is it was a throwaway character, as well. Yeah. You know that's that's really, really. I, I was gonna say exploitative, but I mean, what type of film are we watching? Well, it is. But um, that other one was just there for the sake of it. Yeah. This is our. This is a lead character. Yeah, but this is our virgin girl. Yeah. You know, this is a prison virgin, uh, but this is our virgin girl being raped by, you know, our bad guy. Yeah, and this one contains a lot more violence as well. Uh, very, very unnecessarily dragged out. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. But um, after that, we, like I said, we get a bit of, a, of an aftermath where Val finds her in the shower um, and, she, you know, she's really shook up from it. But then it just disappears. It's never really mentioned afterwards. No. Excuse me. 
<clears throat> it's never really dealt with. No, I mean, after this, Ernie confronts Lester, um, because obviously uh, Ernie was told by Carol about the party and such, and uh, the rapey guard escorts Lester out, and uh, he speaks to Taylor, and she says she's going to take care of it, she's got a plan. So, she's not the only one with a plan, because Carol and Val want to bring Ernie down, so they go to get his sex tape, while Val goes to get his uh, his collection of sex tapes, doesn't she? Yes, so Val's going to take one for the team. Yes. Um, and seduce Backman, so she can steal one of his VHSs. Yeah, and once she gets there, they get into the jacuzzis together... What I don't get is they get into the jacuzzi fully clothed. They they do, yeah. Well, she's She's got, like, a, a, a white tank top on and some white shorts. And he's got a dressing gown on. And yeah. And they get into the jacuzzi wearing their clothes. Yeah, she, she he admits everything about the cameras and everything to her. Uh, says he'll make her a star. But don't, then... Don't uh, call me Warden, call me Fellini. Yeah. And then Taylor and Boots come in and they drown Ernie. Yeah, they do, yeah. So it's Boots mainly, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, just throws his head under the water. I think he's still, like, getting it on with Val. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, he is. And, uh, but then uh, after this, Taylor says she knows Val won't snitch or anything like that. But Boots isn't happy with that, so she kills her. She beats her to death with her uh, truncheon. Well, ta- Taylor is lying, isn't she? Essentially. Oh, I thought I thought uh, Boots did this about. No, Taylor. no, oh, ta- okay. Taylor's th- That's why Taylor was like, take her by the tombs. Oh, okay, makes um, sense. So yeah, so Boots essentially handcuffs her and then beats her with her uh, baton. Yeah, and uh, Carol finds her body. And then she takes it on herself the next day to uh, attack Boots in the yard. Yes. Yeah, but what do we see before she attacks Boots? Well, Val, Val whispers to Carol. And we're assuming she's whispering about the whole mm. thing and, and who's yeah. killed her. Um, what do we... Uh, well, what we see is them doing their physical exercise. <laughs> <laughs> what, what it An amazing piece of exercise from, uh, from Sybil Dunning. Is it Boots is trying to... I think Boots is trying to set up someone for the, the rapey guy. Mm. Um, because what, what we saw from earlier, we forgot to, to say, uh, was that Boots was watching the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, as well, and she seemed to be getting off on it and watching it. So I think she's trying to stake out a new girl for him. Mm-hmm. Um, she says or, or goes past um, Erica, Sybil Danning... And uh, she gives what I don't understand. What <laughs> she's she just doing a bit it. of exercise, but she does the up yours sign to her. <laughs> up yours with a twirling lawnmower. <laughs> she just does. She just does that to her casually, like as part of her exercise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a hard to. It, it's it's very easy to miss, but it's so funny. Um, Carol gives Boots a spear, doesn't she? Yeah. She. Uh, Edge would be proud of that spear, and uh, she has to be pulled off of her. Yes. Um, after this, uh, Taylor is recommended for being the new warden. Yeah. Yeah, so we finally see this Dr. Pascal yeah. as well. Uh, and she's performed some sort of, like, autopsy or, or 
you know, I don't, I'm not sure. If she, Do you uh, think she's the same Dr. Pascal from Ghostwatch? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. But she's, she's meant to have... I'm, I'm not sure if this is how it works. Um, but she's performed some sort of autopsy on the bodies. Yeah. And she's co- clearly covering for Taylor. Uh um, but uh, this who's the woman who's she's there? like the head of she's like the inspection yeah maybe. she's like the inspector for the prison whatever it, I can't remember her name um, but she she's oh um, Taylor if you get to the bottom of these deaths in 48 hours you'll become the new warden yes so naturally uh, Sybil Dunning is framed uh, for the murder of Val yeah and uh <laughs> All of her gang, they're all like, Boots! <laughs> yeah, because they're going to check. So Boots puts some drugs. You see Boots put some drugs under Erica's bed. Um, but you don't see the baton until no. they all go, all go in there and she pulls out this baton. So still with the blood of that poor girl. <laughs> so, uh, so after this, Carol makes a plan to bust Taylor. And uh, as a way of getting a better staff, uh, getting better staff and a better place to live. Yes. So uh, she pretends to be in pain uh, after uh, this is after convincing all the girls to join in with her, and all unite against the guards. She pretends to be in pain. A guard opens a gate, and then the girls all storm the gates and uh, they go out to riot. So, okay. Earlier in the film. Taylor defends herself from Buckman when she says, what am I meant to do when I've got a prison that houses uh, one and a half thousand, (laughs) but you've given me 2,000 prisoners? Yeah. Okay. Now, all the exterior shots make this prison look huge. Yeah. It does. This riot takes place with 30 women (laughs) tarped. Um, it's not, it's not the most crowded riot no. I've seen. No. Um, I actually think at some points there's more police officers. It's true. Than there are prisoners rioting. It, it literally, it, I think you're being kind when you're saying 30. It honestly just looks like that room that Sybil Dallas stays in. Yeah. It, it looks like it's just there. Because it doesn't to be a massive prison riot. Yeah. That requires reinforcements and, you know. Yeah. This is where the budget shows. Yeah. Um, it is just sort of. Some random characters and our main guys yeah. <laughs> rioting. So Duchess and Carol break Erica out of uh, of where she's been held. And they unite together to take over. Yeah, so uh, Carol manages to get to Backman's office. Yes, yeah, she watches the tape and sees, uh, uh, sees him being murdered. Yeah. Uh, she grabs the tape and... Uh, after this, Boots knocks Duchess out. Because Duchess... Wait, what? Did I miss something here? Oh, yeah. Because Boots obviously confronts Carol about this. So Boots enters the room yeah. and she wants to get the videotape from Carol. Uh, Duchess follows her into the room and they have uh, a bit of a fight, don't yeah. they? Carol manages to flee. Um, and it ends with Duchess drowning Boots in the fish tank. Yeah. And so she doesn't. She hopes the smell doesn't stick there for the fish. <laughs> yeah, I hope they can get the smell out of those fish. <laughs> so uh, Taylor knows at this point that Carol has the tape because Boots called her before she died and let her know. And uh, reinforcements arrive. 
Taylor wants to get this tape, uh, but Lester does wants to do a runner. He gets called a shit. He does get called a shit. And he gets a gun pointed at him by a cop. Yeah, so the police are there now. So they've got helicopter. Well, they've got one helicopter. Yeah, of um, course. And they're sort of in the prison now, and they're, they're, they're like tear gassing and, and stuff like and all that business. Uh, Lester tries to flee. I don't know where they are. It's like some sort of... You know in Greece, mm. when they have the... oh Or Terminator 2, when they have that sort of... I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Hollow, where they race. Yeah. I don't know what they call it. We don't have them here. Um, it's very American. It's, it's a very strange place to have a prison. But there seems to be one ra- around the prison, and, and that's where all these dirty dealings take place. Yeah. Um, and the police officer catches Lester before he goes. Uh, I'm not sure why she thinks that he needs to be stopped. Yeah, I know. It's not like anyone knows. I mean, no one knows who he fucking is, let alone no. that he's a criminal. So I don't. I d- when she stops him, I, I don't get it because it's a women's prison. Yeah. So he's clearly not a prisoner. Um, but whatever. I, I assume he gets his just desserts or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. The, the rapey guy gets his just desserts. He does. So they, they want to get his. Uh, the, the three blondes. Yeah. And his his first victim, his um first victim in the film, and, um they managed to handcuff him, and uh, the girl that he he raped is given a knife. Yeah. And uh, you know, then like get your revenge on him, but she can't do it. Um, fortunately, Erica can. And she stabs him in the neck. Yes. And uh, and after this, Taylor shoots uh, shoots Erica in the leg. They have a bit of a scrap, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So so Erica manages to get to Carol, um, to help Carol flee, and Taylor catches up with them, shoots Erica in the leg. They have a laundry room tussle. Yes. And Erica's, I don't know. Is it an iron, like a massive iron press or something? <laughs> but she manages to get slammed into one of them, and it looks like a like a waffle maker, a giant waffle maker, and she sort of gets stuck in between the two yeah. uh, parts of that. So Taylor's chasing after Carol. She, she chases her up some steps. <laughs> Falls over. Yeah, so she's she's shooting as she goes, and she runs out of bullets, and so did she, did. The actress for Stella Stevens, she fell. She actually fell, yeah. Oh wow, (laughs) that's that was a bloody steep. Yeah, that looked like it hurt. Yeah, bloody hell. Um, but yeah, so they end up on the roof, uh, Taylor and Carol, and Carol manages to push Taylor off the roof. Yes. Um, it didn't look like a massive fall. No. To be fair. Um, but she's dead anyway. Yes. Carol finds Duchess and Erica inside, and they go off together to to uh, give the tape to the cops, as the credits roll. Yes. So we end with. Uh, the back of those three, helping each other mm-hmm. get down the corridor and to give this videotape to the police. 
Yeah, and that is Chained Heat. That is Chained Heat. That is B-movie cult classic. Yeah, yeah, no, it absolutely is. I mean, it's it's one of those films, does everything an exploitation film needs to do. If you like exploitation exploitation films, you're going to love it. If you don't, it's not going to change your mind. Yeah, if, if you're easily offended, it hasn't aged well. No. It hasn't. Um, none of these types of films age well. I really don't think they do. No. Um, Caged aged well for 1950. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a whole different kettle yeah, of fish. It wasn't purposely trying to be an exploitation yeah. film. Yeah. But if you, if you can just take it for what it is... I, I feel like I say this all the time on this podcast, but if you if you like high camp, if you like a fun watch, if, if you like not taking things too seriously, um, but also knowing that there are parts of the film that haven't aged well, yeah, uh, then I, I would recommend watching yeah. it. If you're a Linda Blair fan, you have to watch it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So yeah, so that was Chained Heat. And uh, we have now received our first milestone badge from Podbean. And we've had over a thousand downloads. So thanks. Thanks, yes, guys. Thank you. Thank you for downloading us and using the space on your phone with our voices. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thanks for the support and all. And uh, hopefully we'll reach 2,000 in no time. Yeah, hopefully. Because we're well on the way. I mean... I mean, we knew about the 1,000 downloads a couple of weeks, but we actually got the official badge today. Um, so we're actually over 1,500 at the moment. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I'm just glad people, like, listen to us talk shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't think we've decided what we're doing next week yet. It's on you again. Oh, it's my choice yeah. again. Um, I'm sure it would be just as thrilling as Chained Heat. Uh, wow, let's hope so. <laughs> If you're on social media, let us know what your favourite Linda Blair film is. Let us know what your favourite Sybil Danning film is and why it's The Howling 2. We are Horror Call Trash over on Facebook and Instagram, Horror Call Trash on Twitter. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, rate, review and subscribe. Don't pretend to rate, review and subscribe like some guy on Facebook did the other day. Thanks a lot. Are you sure it just didn't take a no, while? No, no, no. He literally... <laughs> You can see the bar where you, you know where you finish typing. I think he did it on a laptop. Oh. You can see that bar there, and you see he hadn't posted it yet, but he got me to subscribe to his podcast. Don't be like that guy. Leave us an actual comment, uh, an actual review, and a nice rating. You know, five stars enough. And if you don't like us, don't listen to it again. But you know, if you do, give us five stars. Be generous. Like and follow on everything else. Uh, I'm Gazmo two hundred five on Instagram. Gascruise ninety two on Twitter. Delight Gaz ninety two on Letterboxd. I am Chris Barker 823 on Instagram, Letterboxd, and Twitter. And actually, next week is also Original versus Remake week as well, where we'll be talking about The Hills of Eyes original and remake. Yeah. That is confirmed for sure. So, we will see you same time, same place next week. Bye.